Hello, welcome back to Coffee with a Calvinist. This is a daily conversation about scripture, culture, and media from a Reformed perspective. Get your Bible and coffee ready and prepare to engage today's topic. Here's your host, Pastor Keith Foskey. Welcome back to Coffee with a Calvinist. My name is Keith Foskey, and I am a Calvinist. Today is March 1st, 2021, and you know what that means. Yep, we are officially one year in to 14 days to flatten the curve. It was about a year ago today that we began to understand that our world was going to change. And it was during the month of March in 2021 that many changes come that none of us ever thought possible. And since then, many of these changes have lingered And it doesn't seem like there's an end really in sight. So what I want to do on today's program is really just sort of give an overview of what has brought us to where we are today and to give a few thoughts about the future and particularly some thoughts from a Christian perspective of how we ought to think about the future in regard to the changes which have occurred. So looking back uh, over a year ago, I remember talking to my wife actually toward the end of 2019 about a virus which was beginning to make itself known in China. My wife works for a company where she teaches Chinese children English. She teaches ESL, English as a second language, and she tutors Chinese children. And so she has an opportunity and sort of a rare opportunity to actually interact with Chinese people and because of that, she uh, is she she's a little up to date on things going on in China. She talks to Chinese people every day and, and has conversations. Of course, these are children, but she also talks to parents and things like that. And so she has an opportunity and an interest in what's going on in China. And I remember her coming and talking to me one day and saying, you know, there's a virus over in China that's going on and maybe we ought to start preparing ourselves for it coming to the United States. And my initial response was, no, I don't think that's anything that we need to worry about. You know, I've seen over the years things happen overseas. And of course, you know, with SARS and bird flu and all these things, I've seen many situations that have affected um, have affected other countries where people had to wear masks and people had to quarantine and things like that. But I didn't really think those things were going to come to the United States. And um, so we didn't do any stocking up of anything. And, uh, you know, later we would regret that we didn't stock up on toilet paper because the first run in the United States, the first run on a product that was a major run in the United States was on toilet paper because people began to fear that they weren't going to be able to get toilet paper. And we learned just how quickly a specific item on a store shelf can become the hottest item in the world and become almost impossible to get. And then we start seeing people, the price of toilet paper skyrocketing and people um, auctioning off toilet paper or limiting to only one container of toilet paper. And so this was a big deal. And this was only a year ago, guys. And I remember the day specifically that I knew that our world had changed, and it was it was really surreal moment. We were doing some work at the church. We were updating our sanctuary, doing some work to um, 
change some lighting or something. We had rented a lift, and so me and uh, another gentleman at the church were working together, going up and down on this lift and putting in new lighting. And we had hired a couple of helpers to help us for the day to do the work uh, from a local men's group uh, had come over to help us do this work, and so we're there at the church. And as we normally do when we hire workers to do something at the church, some kind of a you know labor job or whatever, we will take those guys to lunch to show them we, that we appreciate their 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 job. And so I told the guys, I said, "Okay, you guys hungry? We want to take you to lunch." So we decided to take them to Arby's. And so we all loaded into my truck. We drove over to Arby's. And this day, I don't remember what day it was. I know it was in March, and I know it was a, about a year ago that we got and we drove into the Arby's parking lot, and I noticed that there was no one eating inside. I noticed that the chairs in the lobby of the Arby's had been placed upside down on the tables. And this is the middle of the day, probably on a Tuesday. I don't remember exactly what day it was, but it was the middle of the day. I was like, why is the restaurant uh, tables up or chairs up on the table? This makes no sense. And we walked in and the lady said, well, there's just been a uh, ordinance handed down and I don't remember if it was a state or, or county ordinance. I believe it was county because uh, at the time I was living in Duval County uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, and I know the mayor was uh, sort of quick to make these decisions and pretty pretty broad in the rules that he made that people were not allowed to eat indoors, inside of restaurants. And so it was an amazing thing to me that this happened so quickly. And I remember turning to one of the guys that I was standing there with, one of the guys who was doing some of the work with us, and I remember saying to him, I think that we are seeing a change that is going to, um, that's going to last. I, because everybody was saying, oh, this is very temporary. Even the restaurant workers were very apologetic. You know, you can't eat here. You have to get your food and go outside. Or you have to get your food and go. You have to leave. You can't eat here. But this is only temporary. You know, again, the whole thing was 14 days. The idea was we're going to, everybody's going to quarantine. Everybody's going to limit contact. Everybody's going to, going to, going to stay home and not go to work. We're going to let people work from home and we're going to limit contact with each other. We're going to social distance. We're going to avoid one another. And it's only going to be for a couple of weeks and then things will get back to normal. And I remember telling my wife that night, I said, honey, I don't think we're ever going back to normal. And again, here we are a year later and things are still not normal. Uh, there are still places around the United States where restaurants are closed. I watched just pa this past week where Dr. Fauci, the, uh, the, the man who has been responsible for making a lot of the recommendations to the government and to the CDC regarding how businesses are, should handle this and how people should handle this. I, it was just this past week I watched a very short video clip of him where he said that restaurants shouldn't be open. Even now, a year later, restaurants should not be open. People should not be dining indoors with one another. And he said that... Um, he said that people should not go places where large groups congregate. 
And I remember thinking, well, one of those places where large groups congregate is the church. And of course, again, going back to last year, our church, our elders did decide when the first announcement of the of the separation and distancing and closing of, of businesses, when it first happened, our elders did deliberate and decide as a group that we would close the the sanctuary for worship and have an online uh, uh Basically, we didn't call it worship because we we weren't gathering together as a congregation. So we said we'll have an online study available and an opportunity available. And we did that, but we didn't do it very long. It was very quick. I think that we were out of the sanctuary uh, or, or we, we didn't gather for three weeks. And it was, it was the hardest three weeks. We hated it. We hated not gathering. And then we began to gather outside. We gathered outside for uh, another three weeks, and it came to our, and I think we were gathered outside on Easter Sunday last year, if I remember correctly, but then we decided, you know what, this is not, we can't continue living this way. We cannot continue to live with this fear. We are called to 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 be together. We are called to gather together, and there are people around the world who gather under the fear of death all the time. And yet they still gather. So our elders made the decision to go back into the sanctuary, and we have not looked back. We have been in the sanctuary ever since that happened. And some people call us foolish. And some of you listening may be saying, oh, well, that's foolish. You don't care about your people. We absolutely care about our people. But we also care about the mandate to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together and the rea- the reality that if we are not gathered together as the body of Christ, if we are not coming together as the people of God in the, in the corporate assembly, then we are not doing what we have been commanded to do by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is a very important reality that we came to and a very important realization that we came to. This is what we are supposed to do. And I remember watching uh, all around the United States where different rules were imposed in different states, and there were some states that were very heavy-handed. Many of us watched as Dr. John MacArthur, who his church is in California. Many of us watched uh, wondering what was going to happen because their church began to have service even opposing the rules that had been handed down by the governor of the state. And there was still uh, pending litigation going on even now, as far as I know, things that are happening out there. And again, there we, we are very aware right now that in Canada, there is a pastor, his name is James Coates, who has been arrested for hosting worship, a church service in his church, gathering together. He was arrested and he was placed into custody and he was told you cannot be released unless you're willing to not gather, unless you're willing to not preach. You cannot be released from custody. That's the conditions, not bail. His condition is you can't preach. And the reality that that's happening in the Western world, that that's happening to our in our neighbors to the north and I can be honest and say to you, it is something that I believe is possible even here in our United States. And there may even be situations happening um, already in places. So, so this is where we are. You know, we are a we are a year past 
14 days to flatten the curve. We are a year past uh, this situation, which, again, was a huge, it changed the world in so many ways. It, it crashed the stock market. One of the largest uh, stock market corrections in recent history was last March because all of the businesses closed. Stocks plummeted. Now they've come back, but they've, they've come back to a point now where there's another potential crash coming because of the situation that's going on uh, with, with the stocks are rising, prices rising, things going up, and uh, many people fear that a financial bubble is about to burst. The, um, the the housing market is the highest it's ever been, and so we're in a we're we're we really are in a very peculiar and somewhat precarious situation financially with the United States, and still we have people who are continuing to say that if we care about people, we shouldn't be gathering. If we care about people, we should not be coming together to worship together. And the reality is, it's just, we just can't do that. We cannot, can, we cannot continue to, to try to separate from one another. And it has done so much harm mentally. It's done so much harm to many people in, their, in regard to their mental health, being separated from people. And I know families who, I know people who have, who have since last March have not really gone out in public. They have bought their food and had it delivered to them. They have not gone into, in, in, into restaurants. They've not gone into grocery stores. They've not gone anywhere because of the potential of this disease. And again, the, the, the big concern is that this is going to continue because, and that's my fear. And that's the thing that I, that I told my wife a year ago, I don't think we're ever going to be the same again. Now, I do think that restrictions will lessen and people will begin to get back to somewhat normal life, but I don't know that it's ever going to be the same again, because for one, it has it has been seen by those in power just how easy it is to get people to, through fear, um, obey and do what they're told. And I know some of you say, well, wait a minute, as Christians, we're supposed to obey the government. But as I've said in a few sermons this last year, we obey the government only as far as they do not command us to disobey God. And there have been direct commands, do not gather, do not assemble. And the Bible says, we must not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And someone says, well, you're not forsaking the assembly, it's just temporary. Well, tell me how temporary it is. We're one year. How much longer is it going to go? I went to a restaurant today. And I walked in and I was handed a mask. You can't come into this restaurant unless you have a mask. You know how far I wore the mask? Six feet. I wore the mask for six feet. And then I sat down at my table and I took the mask off. And it was fine because apparently COVID could only attack me from the door to my seat. It's just, it's just insanity. We're living in clown world. And uh, there's so, much, so many other things that happened over this last year. The uh, one of the wildest and um, uh, strangest uh, presidential campaign and, and, and elections. And of course, many people have doubts about how that went down. And uh, that's a that's a topic for another show. 
But again, my 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 reason for for today's podcast is just sort of thinking back about this whole year. This wasn't supposed to be this way. This wasn't what we were promised. We were told stay home for a couple of weeks, separate out, allow the nurses and doctors allow the curve because the danger was everybody's going to get this disease all at once and the hospitals will become overrun and so we don't want that to happen so let's spread the curve out let's 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 uh 14 days to lessen the curve well here's the thing it's gone from 14 days to lessen the curve to now we don't want anybody to get the disease we don't want anybody to to get it and now it's we, we have to be so afraid of it and we have to live in fear and the most, the easiest people to control are the people who live in fear. So my encouragement to you today is to consider what the scripture says, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but has given us a spirit of love and of a sound mind. So think through what you're being told. Think through what you're hearing. Think through when someone says, I'm following the science. Well, understand this. As easy as politicians are bought, so too are scientists. So keep that in mind and understand this. We should not live in fear. Thank you for listening today to Coffee with a Calvinist. My name is Keith Foskey, and I've been your Calvinist. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Coffee with a Calvinist. If you enjoyed the program, please take a moment to subscribe and provide us feedback. We love to receive your comments and questions and may even engage with them in a future episode. As you go about your day, remember this. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. All who come to Him in repentance and faith will find Him to be a perfect Savior. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. May God be with you.